for Zamparelli on 2FM. With Virgin Mobile. Freedom of calling to brighten up your winter mornings. Virgin Mobile. Bring on amazing. There was a sense of absolute shock and revulsion in the country yesterday and still today. Ashling Murphy was jogging along the canal bank in Tullamore when she was randomly attacked and killed in broad daylight at 4pm. Women's Aid, who have kept a record of the violent deaths of women in Ireland since 1996, say that 244 women have now been killed since then. I'm delighted uh, to have CEO Sarah Benson on the line now. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Hi, good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Um, a, a tough day yesterday? Uh, yes, I think, and, and, and it continues into today. And I'm not speaking just for myself, my, my colleagues across the, the whole of the violence against women sector, but I think the whole country and looking at social media and looking at you know the media, I, I think the word that is really kind of landing now is that there's a state of distress. I mean, this is utterly distressing and and wrapped up in that then particularly for women but also indeed for for men uh, and I, I heard some of the the comments and, and condolences coming in and, and indeed we'd add our own to those for Ashley's family and loved ones uh, is just a, a sense of anger is like you know these this this kind of thing should not happen um and how can we you know really meaningfully now make sure that we take the steps necessary as a society because it is a social issue it's a whole community issue to to try and make sure that uh, this never happens again Sarah when something like this happens do you see a rise in in calls and people contacting you it must be very triggering for for some people right Absolutely, and on a number of fronts as well. And uh, you know, Women's Aid run the National Domestic Violence Helpline. We act as a, a pathway to all of our local services around the country, but also recognising our colleagues in all of the rape crisis centres and the National Sexual Violence Service. That all people will be reaching out, and and I know from our own helpline team that that has been the case all through through yesterday because. Wow. Um, you know, it, it triggers what it triggers for people, um, and, and I, just to acknowledge, you know, in, in maintaining um, our, our our femicide watch, our report, we've had the, the privilege to, uh, to to be in contact with, to hear from, to learn from many bereaved families over the years, and any incident um, such as this will throw all of those families and all of those touched by those those terrible fatal yeah. uh, tragedies back uh, into the moment of their own lived experience. And so I think as a whole community, we need to be very compassionate to that and also really um, uh, recognise that while this is, you know, thankfully a very a, a rare, relatively rare situation um, where something like this happens in, in public, what it is doing is it's triggering that instinctive default that so many women, if not all women, uh, kind of develop almost from cradle to grave, which is that sense of the world not being an entirely safe space. And, you know, and that does, you know, send a ripple. So even if somebody, not, I don't mean to say even if, when somebody has had other experiences, which may not be obviously as extreme, it can really bring back the anxiety mm. and, and the memory of maybe having somebody walk behind you, even chasing you down the street on an occasion. I, I know just speaking from my own personal experience and that of my sister and that of my female friends, when I when I mapped my entire life through my teens, in particular early 20s, I have numerous incidents and it makes me think of those. So I think uh, uh, as a whole, uh, there's going to be a lot of people just feeling 
a level of stress and worry. And, and I think we need to use this opportunity to try and dispel that and harness it in a way for positive change. One thing that stood out to me yesterday was how people were sharing um, tips and advice on how women can stay safe from having a, an alarm on their phone, learning self-defence, not walking at night. But that is sidestepping the issue, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. That being said, I really want to say that until society really does feel safe and until all the forms of casual sexism that can infer or uh, are inferred the threat of both physical and sexual violence and then the actual huge epidemic we have of male violence against women, um, women will continue to do that. Um, but the solution ultimately in terms of prevention is, is not going to be with those who are taking preventative steps. It's not with women. It is with men. And I know we could get into that territory of not all men. And look, of course, not all men, but silence can be complicity. You know, we need, and, and thankfully we have some, and I've seen some really uh, fantastic, really strong public statements from just everyday men out on social media saying we need to talk to our sons. We need to call out that maybe what you call low-level sexist behaviour. If you see somebody behaving in a, in a, you know, in an aggressive way towards their partner or you think they're being coercive or controlling, calling out that behaviour in a peer group, man-to-man, is incredibly powerful because not doing so can uh, at best infer, you know, uh, complicity, but at worst actually feel, uh, let somebody who's behaving that way feel that it's actually vindicated normal and okay behaviour. So for us to change, we need to change those behaviours and attitudes. And uh, we need those men who don't hold those behaviours and attitudes to work with us to do that. Yeah, I saw a lot of fights on social media where men were commenting on people's posts and saying not all men. Uh, I mean, we know that, but unfortunately, it's it's mostly men who who are doing this, right? Yeah, and look, you know, the, the reality is when we look at, I mean, and kind of get into the concepts of what is a positive masculinity and what is like a, a negative or sometimes people say toxic masculinity, the fact is at a global level, the vast, vast majority of violence against women is perpetrated by men. The vast, vast majority of violence against men is perpetrated by men. And again, not all men. <clears throat> so it's kind of, I'm going to be frank and say it's a nonsense to start getting into this thing of not all men. It's a very defensive um, situation. But what I would ask the men who are kind of, uh, you know, uh, buttoning themselves up that way and kind of putting that, that shield up is to say, look, do you feel when you walk down the street, you know, at nine o'clock at night and you see somebody walking towards you, do you feel an instinct to pull out your keys and put them between your fingers? Have you ever crossed the street because you're not sure if the shadowy figure up ahead is maybe drunk, maybe weaving? You know, do they look a bit surly? Um, you know, uh, have you ever walked past a, a group of men where they have decided to literally, you know, objectify you and call after you? You know, and the vast, vast, vast majority of men have to say no to that. And if the fact is that most women have that experience and that default of, I don't know if this guy is a good guy, I'm going to have to first assume that maybe they are not, that they're a bad actor, mm. then we have a serious problem. And everyone has that problem. What was frightening yesterday uh, was the amount of women sharing their own experience of being, like you said, they're verbally or physically abused while being out and about. I instantly thought of a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago when my babysitter was followed by a man uh, that she had to turn around and say, um, I know you're following me and take out her phone to start videoing. Like these experiences, we've all heard them, we've all been in them. Um, so what, what should we do? Well, 
I mean, I think there's those those things I've already said, just at a social level, at a peer-to-peer level, or at a parent-to-child level. You know, we we can have those conversations, and men really can can step in and be a part, an active, positive modelling of what it is to be respectful, what it is to recognise that men and women are different, mm-hmm. but we also should have parity of esteem, parity of opportunity. We do live in a gender unequal society, and that does enable the hard edge uh, of uh, violence and abuse. So we do currently, uh, or just in, in February, we expect the, the first draft publication of our new national domestic sexual and gender-based violence strategy. We await that um, uh, you know, enthusiastically. It will be absolutely critical that first, that, that strategy, and, and we hope and expect it will be, will be cross-cutting. It will recognise that domestic and sexual violence, and that includes against children, we, we have to remember, goes uh, has a huge cross-cutting um, level of responsibility across all areas of government, because it's something that touches all parts of our society, from housing for, for victims of domestic violence um, to uh, education. And education will be absolutely crucial, because we need a kind of three... Uh, three-pillared response, or okay. I think of it like a three-legged stool, which is prevention, education of all our next generation, reasonable, correct sexual and relationships education. We need protection and resourcing of all the specialist support services for children, uh, women, men indeed, but particularly for women, and then also the legal system, the criminal justice system. So that strategy needs to be resourced. It needs to be owned by all of government. And then as a community, we need to play our part as well. Absolutely. 244 women have had violent deaths uh, since 1996. I mean, that is a shocking number. So things need to be done. Uh, Sarah Benson of Women's Aid, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, The Women's Aid 24-hour national free phone helpline offers confidential information, support and understanding to women in the Republic of Ireland. That number is 1-800-341-900. One thing that Sarah said uh, there was um, how incredibly uh, triggering this is for anybody who has experienced this or in fact, just looking at that number, that 244 uh, families in this country hearing that news and being taken right back to that darkness um, in an instant, it, it, it's just frightening. Uh, Women's Aid is there. They're online. Their number again is one eight hundred three four one nine zero zero. If you need to talk to someone, please, please, please pick up the phone. Jennifer Zamparelli on 2FM. Mm.